Members of the OG Army, get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the other ground live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton. Well, good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of the other ground live. I'm Passive J, that's Big Dalton over there. Say hello, Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is August the 26th. It is a Wednesday. It is a special show, so kick that shit off, Jay. Well, I would like to welcome our special guest today. He is a uh, best-selling author and world-famous adult film star, star. rather. Let us welcome Tyler Knight to the show. Hey, how you doing, sir? Hey, how's it going? Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Oh, you can hear you just fine. Maybe back off of the mic just a little bit. Awesome. All right. How you doing, sir? life is beautiful man got a little bit of a uh, little bit of a cold it is fortunately not coronavirus but oh, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> not taking any chances but going outside anytime soon thanks for having me on yeah don't blame yeah yeah oh no problem boss no problem at all. i appreciate you having you on uh at this point normally me and ryan would be complaining about our days and various things uh but i think we'll go ahead and skip all that today uh ryan you got anything you want to ask uh tyler before i get started no, you are the professional interview man here, Jay. Go. Oh, Jesus. Well, okay. Well, uh, I know you had a uh, ask me anything on the uh, other ground. I did read none of it at all because uh, I thought it'd be kind of weird to ask you questions that I knew the answers to. So so, <laughs> so if, if you're repeating yourself a lot, uh, I do apologize. No, it's all good. I'm actually uh, looking forward to this. Oh, excellent. So uh, where are you from originally? Good question. So I'm an East Coast guy. I'm in Los mm -hmm. Angeles now, obviously, because that's where the adult film industry is. Uh, but yeah, born in Philadelphia, lived in a New York, New Jersey area for most of my entire uh, youth, moved out here for college, never went back. Oh, okay. Hold so, on now. So, so you said, was it East Philadelphia, and do you now live in Bel Air? Are you the Fresh Prince? <laughs> Actually, it's funny. Will Smith lived in North Philly, which was not that far from where my where my grandparents lived. So we might have even walked past each other on the street, not even knowing. Oh, wow. There you go. Um, so you said college is what got you over in California. Uh, so I guess yep. next hour's question would be, uh, uh, what got you into adult films? Good question. So it was necessity is the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. So this was 2000, 2000, 2001. And at the time, I was uh, a mainstream model. And my agent at the time pretty much screwed me and all the other, all the other models he represented. He basically had a huge drug habit. Mm. And he closed down shop and absconded with all of our money. Oh, wow. And that was, that was at the point where I was at the end of my career. And I really wasn't working that much anyway because I was really, really, really ancient. 30. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, you know, I didn't have much in savings and rent was due and, you know, the universal law of attraction, it's, it's actually a real thing. I was walking outside of a library and this guy comes running up to me across the street, just out of the clear blue and asked me if I wanted to be in movies. 
And my first reaction was, well, what kind of movies? And his answer was, I, I think, you know, I'm like, Hey, no, no offense, buddy. But, uh, but you know, I'm straight. And he goes, no, that's cool. It's a uh, big industry. I have a lot of friends that are on the straight male, straight porn side. I can, I can get you hooked up and rest is history. Wow. So you were over there as a, uh, you were doing the modeling work before that. Uh, that's obviously not going to be nearly as interesting as the porn stuff, but, uh, uh, how did you, you be amazed? <laughs> how did you get to get into that in the first place? Uh, wasn't really a major reflection point or anything like that. It's just one of those things where enough, uh, people said that I something I should pursue. Mm-hmm. And I went to a few agencies and I'd say out of, Seven or eight agencies, like five, were just flat out not interested for whatever reason. Either they had their sole black guy on their roster, and that was enough. Or, (laughs) you know, I just didn't have the look they're looking for or whatever. And of the uh, two or three that were left over, I just went with the best one, uh, which was, you know, LA Models, which is uh, one of the bigger ones out here in Los Angeles. Oh, right on. Uh, We have a caller. Do 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 we want to mess with callers or not? Uh, We can. Is that a question for me? Yeah, yeah. We have people calling in. You want to try? Uh, I, I can't guarantee the quality of these callers. <laughs> no, it's all, it's all good, man. I'm a big okay. boy. All right. Let's see what happens. All right. Oh, I missed her. Call back, Rose. I, uh, she hung up just as I was uh, trying to pick up. Oh, well. Um, we'll get a lot of that, I imagine. Um, so, wow. So, both times is just something you kind of fell into almost, huh? Yeah. It's... it's uh... It's pretty funny. The, old, the older I get, the more I really do believe in in the law of attraction and the universe giving you what you want. I mean, believe me, I don't, I don't for a second buy into being passive and just hoping things work out. I'm oh, pretty no. aggressive in pursuing my goals and making sure that right. what I want comes to fruition. Uh, but a lot of it is a lot of it is definitely luck and opportunity is is a big part of success. But you have to be you have to be prepared and do the work. Right. But there is right. a huge go, factor in luck. Jay, you should never be passive. Oh, Jay. Well, you know, I got, I got to be who I am. <laughs> yeah, wow. be yourself. You're happy. That right. life is so, better if you're yourself. So you've uh, you've been doing it for quite a long time since what you said, uh, 2001. Uh, yeah, my wow. first scene was for a company called VCA, which doesn't exist anymore. So back in those days, there was Vivid, Wicked, VCA, and Adamity. Those were like the the four majors. And there were a whole bunch of, you know, small little studios here and there. So after this guy comes up to me in the street, he hands me his business card. And I must have stared at his card on, on a mantle above my fireplace, like burning a hole in it for like for like a month until I had bills to pay. I had no job prospects. And I figured, you know what, what the hell, why not? And I gave him a call, went and took my STD tests and Two days after that, I was in the middle of a restaurant filming my first porn scene, a restaurant filled with maybe 30 people. 20 of them were background extras and the other people were crew. And at that point, I, you know, I, I've only been naked before, like my doctor, girlfriends and like God. And my job was to be a waiter, walk up to the table where these two girls were, a contract girl named Chloe uh, for, for VCA. And uh, say some lines of dialogue and just get down. And when the moment came, I 
pulled out my <laughs> pulled out my junk and uh Mr. Softy couldn't get up. Oh couldn't no. Do it, no matter what. Yeah. It was horrible. Uh, had one camera underneath bird. my crotch. Yeah, I mean it's very public crash and burn. Right. Not as easy as you think. I mean, you could be the biggest stud in the world, like in privacy of your own home, but it takes a really special kind of uh confidence and concentration to be able to perform on demand in front of you know up to 30 strangers oh, and I, couldn't I, don't do even, I don't even want to take my shirt off in front of people i can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> having sex with you know in front of like dozens and dozens of people that's crazy yeah so i failed and oh sorry go ahead Julie. no i was just going to say i failed and i changed my stage name um so people wouldn't be able to blacklist me on the old stage name. And over the next uh, 10 scenes, I started getting better and better. And, you know, here I am, 18, 19, 19 years later. Wow. So, uh, and you're still active now. I mean, other than, uh, let me rephrase that. I assume you're, you're still active just uh, before the COVID stuff hit? Because obviously nothing's going on now. Actually, no and yes. So I am not active because exactly uh, COVID-19. Uh, however, the porn industry started production again about a month ago hmm. uh, without my participation, which my personal opinion, it is spectacularly irresponsible to the community at large and, and, and just incredibly stupid uh, to put yourself in a position where you have a high possibility of getting infected. I mean, yeah, obviously there's uh, there's a COVID-19 test that performers do, but you know, results are coming back late enough to be a moot point, unfortunately. But even if they, even if results did come back, like right away, I mean, it's everyone's responsibility to maintain six feet of social distancing. And I have a hard time understanding how you can maintain six feet of social distance while you're having sex with somebody. It's not possible. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. Those glory hole videos are probably going to take an upswing in popularity. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, like maybe a maybe a glory hole in a wall made of like plexiglass or something like that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's the only yeah. thing I can think of. It's a whole new genre. Oh my god! Exactly. <laughs> oh shit. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Cause stuff like face masks and face guards and stuff like that only go so far. Um, you know, that's intended to protect people who are trying to stay six feet away from each other, as opposed to an entire industry about being as close to each other as you possibly can get. Correct. And I have friends who are, you know, mainstream actors, whatever. And when they started production about the same time frame, porn pretty much took their cue and followed mainstream film when mainstream film started production. They aren't doing kissing scenes or sex scenes or anything like that. Um, their fight scenes are extremely limited and, and, and uh, to mitigate risk. But that's obviously not the case in adult film. And I, I could put my I could point the finger at the talent, which I will to an extent, but we're talking about people who are, you know, this is their livelihood, this is their job, and the only thing they can do, and it's pretty darn difficult to find a job nowadays. Make that a order of magnitude more difficult if on your resume. It's, you know, you're you're a porn performer. The blame mm -hmm. I really I really put the blame on the directors and the producers. They're the ones who are getting the biggest share of the profit pie and taking the least amount of risk. And since the beginning of time, it's always been the people on the wrong side of the power balance uh, who take the greatest amount of risk to keep the lights on and make the world go round. And this is definitely no different. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. All righty, we got a caller calling in. So I simply figured we'd give the shit a shot. Let's go for it. Hello, caller. What can we do for you today? Hello, caller. What can we do for you today? Hey, yo, what's up? Uh, I'm one of the fans of Tyler Knight. Uh, he probably knows me. Uh, let me tell you something about Tyler Knight. He's artistic. He's a great man. And uh, follow him at Tyler Knight Gaming for Twitch. He's a great fucking uh, video gamer. Oh, we'll get and to that. We'll yeah, okay. <laughs> that's it, man. I'm about to take. I'm butt naked right now, so I'm about to take a shower right now and listen to you guys while I'm taking a shower. So I'll be right back. See you guys. Thanks for the, See you, thanks for the props. <laughs> yeah, I play a lot of uh, video games. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. Uh, I'm not much of a video gamer anymore, but uh, I still play the, the occasional game here or there. Um, so at what point did you think, did you realize that it was your career? How, how far into it before you realized that it wasn't just something that you were doing to pay the rent? Uh, it pretty much came down to this. I mean, it's either you're working for your own goals in life or you're working for someone else's. And at least what I am and entertainment i am self-employed i'm accountable for all i'm i'm in, i answered only myself and i'm accountable only to myself and the people whom you know whom i whom i love of course uh but ultimately the idea of sitting in a cubicle farm which i've done that i was a stockbroker for a while sitting in a cubicle farm where some one tells you when you can do things that you know are life-sustaining like when you can go to the bathroom or eat your lunch and stuff, you know, it just wasn't for me. I'm not cut out for that. Uh, so yeah, this allows me to, you know, live life on my own terms for better, for worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can totally understand that. Who wouldn't want to be their own boss? You know, um, I'd spend my entire life serving other people and don't get me wrong. It's, it's a good job. I don't mind it, but uh, it's not as good as being my own boss and not having to worry about other people's shit. Well, there's, there's nobility in serving other people, certainly. Uh, the samurai class were, uh, I mean, the word samurai literally means to serve, you know, so there's definitely honor and nobility in serving. Uh, you right. can, you know, for me, it's just serving in a different way. Right. Well, for um, me, you know, it, it, to me, it's a little bit less samurai and a little bit more uh, like receptionist. <laughs> but I still serve. <laughs> Whatever you do, I mean, look, whether you're a receptionist or a porn star, garbage man, head of state, be the best damn porn star, garbage man, receptionist, head of state you can possibly be. Oh, yeah. Um, every, there's, there's no building anything you do. I tell people I'm the greatest receptionist to ever live. <laughs> I, I, work a, I, I work at a high-end country club, so it's a little like receptionist, hotel concierge, customer service. Basically, they come up to me and ask for shit, and I make sure they get it. You have an awesome voice, so I can imagine that uh, – I can imagine you can help – you can help uh, calm people down who aren't happy about, you know, whatever issue or complaining about things. Right, you can, right. you know, put them at ease pretty well. It's just, it's, it's awesome. I wish I had your voice. <laughs> Let's not get into wishing who had what. I think it's, I think I'm going to come <laughs> off the short side of that list. <laughs> Jay, all you really want it. is a second pack and a second kidney. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. And a second working eye. A second working eye. Yeah. I'm missing a whole bunch of shit, but that's okay. Yeah. I get by. Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, shit. Let's talk about video games, sir. Uh, what are you playing currently? Uh, currently, I'm playing PUBG Mobile and World of Warcraft, mm. mostly focusing on PUBG Mobile. It's uh, you know one of those battle royale games. Uh, if you think of Fortnite, but less cartoony, more realistic, pretty intense. 
Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I played it a lot just in between writing projects and stuff, and I figured, what the hell, why not stream it, you know? Shit, why not, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of per- first-person shooters, and I suck at them really, really bad, so I very rarely play. Uh, uh, but yeah, I've heard about uh, the one you're playing. Have you heard about uh, Escape from Tarkov or something like that? I'm pretty sure I'm mangling the name. Yeah, I saw it. It's pretty freaking intense, man. It's uh, literally a sur- it's a shooter survival strategy game. Uh, so it's pretty much everything rolled up into one, and it's more than just you know, point your gun at somebody and shoot. And if you're, you know, faster reflexes or a more skilled shooter, or you happen to have lower latency to the server, you win the gunfight. This is, uh, you know, beginning to end survival. Use your brains kind of like chess. Uh, PUBG is kind of a mental, a mental game as well. It's the same thing. You can't just be a great point and shoot kind of person. You have to really think about where you are, your positioning strategy and stuff. But mm-hmm. Escape from Tarkov is, you know, on another level. I just haven't, haven't partaken in that game right on. uh you, you mentioned that you played world of warcraft uh, have you been playing for a long time <laughs> yeah since uh 2004 oh so jesus I, christ <laughs> yeah i i uh i was part of a high-end raiding guild and it got to the point where it was just it was just a job you you couldn't join mm-hmm. the raiding guild or raid these dungeons unless your gear was up to a certain level and mm-hmm. they expect you to raid X amount of days a week, and it was it was down to math, uh, as opposed to having fun. And yeah, I got oh, burned out, and I took a break from like 2012 till up up till about a month ago. I started playing again. Oh, nice! Yeah, I went. So, uh, I was uh, oh, go ahead, Ryan. So with that, like, how did did any of your guildmates know what you did for a living? And if so, like, how did they deal with that? Being that you're pretty much the antithesis of a hardcore World of Warcraft player. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a pretty a pretty clever discreet uh screen name. I'm Tyler Knight. <laughs> oh, so, damn. Very subtle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and plus b- back back in the day before uh voice was integrated into the game, there was uh team speak of Entrillo and you know, you'd, you'd hear my voice and you'd pretty much know it was me. I, I sound like Barn of the Dinosaur on cough medicine, so my voice is pretty stands out. <laughs> um, but but you'd be amazed. I mean, there are people who play Warcraft from all walks of life. Uh, surgeons, uh, the typical nerd living in the mom's basement, uh, soccer moms, whatever. You, you'd be amazed. I've met people oh, yeah. from all walks of life. Yeah, I started playing MMOs with uh, EverQuest way back in the day. Uh, oh, God, we, yeah. Yeah, the, after that, I moved on to City of Heroes. Uh, then when World of Warcraft came out, all my friends playing City of Heroes moved over to World of Warcraft. And I was perfectly happy playing City of Heroes, but I realized I didn't have one to play with. So I, I quickly moved over there. So probably about two or three months after it started. And I played World of Warcraft up until, I want to say, the third, exp- the second expansion. I played through the, all the original content. I was in a raiding guild as well. Uh, and then the, the second, the first expansion came out. I played out through all that content. But I think on the third one, they raised the level cap to like, 85 or some shit like that and right. uh everyone got ahead of me because i was working a lot, a lot of hours so almost everyone in the guild got to the point where they were 10 or 15 levels ahead of me and i was reduced to soloing and i realized i didn't want to solo like 15 levels <laughs> uh and pretty much quit the game at that point but uh, i had a great time before then as you mentioned you know being in a high-end rating guild it's quite a bit like having a job <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it comes down to what your gear is, and you know it's pretty much smashing the same buttons on rotation over and over again. 
Yep, and I know exactly what you mean with the gear thing. I can remember many a days uh, camping out for resistance gear. So you can go on, uh, I can't remember any of the raids anymore. But with the first expansion, several raids came out where you needed really high resistance gears of different points. So you, in addition to all your regular outfit, you needed like a full uh, like a resist fire one or resist cold or whatever it was for for that particular Yeah, like molten, molten core, things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think resist poison was a big one because I think the first expansion had a lot of bugs and shit like that in it. Okay. It's been too so, long. So, uh, I'm I'm chuckling because 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 uh, some of the people in the chat are asking about tips for asking a long time, and uh, one guy's like, uh, "Just do a whole bunch of coke." <laughs> <laughs> oh, our chat box is something else. I I try to yeah. pay as much attention to it as I can while still holding conversations with uh, everyone. Uh, but uh, <laughs> heck, we have an entire YouTube streaming uh, thing going on just to capture the uh, fucking chat box because it's a pretty unique part of the show sometimes. Uh, for the record, uh, coke is not a good a good uh, a good method of uh, performing under porn. Worst case, actually, it's actually uh, counterproductive. You get what's called coke dick, and you you just can't get it up. Um, the simple answer is it's it's something you get used to. Uh, I mean, look, I'll come clean. So you, you do something over and over and over again. You, 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 you bake cookies or you're a professional baker or whatever. Pretty soon, you, your, your sensitivity to sweetness goes down. It, it is what it is. Same thing with, uh, with porn and sex. You kind of get desensitized to it. And the excitement of your first and second time starts, you know, it gets diminishing returns where you're at your second or 200 or 300 time or whatever, and it's just not the same anymore. Uh, so you, you tend to, you tend to look for other artificial means to stay, stay, you know, aroused. I mean, obviously it helps if you're emotionally and mentally connected to the person you're working with and you're attracted to that person, but you certainly can't count on it. It's like blind dating, but instead of like asking people a series of questions, it's like, here, here's your scene partner, go at it, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, so there are a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of people are using things like Viagra, Cialis, things like that. Uh, I was among them. Uh, there was a point where I was working like sometimes two, three scenes a day where, you know, I was popping them like Pez, uh, which is pretty crazy and pretty dangerous. And I do not recommend, uh, do not abuse prescription drugs. <laughs> yeah. So how yeah. was that on your health? Because I mean, Viagra, I think when it was invented was invented around like heart medication and it's just, you know, turns out to give you a rock hard cock. But how did that work? Just slamming those things. Like did you have heart issues, anything else? Yeah, I had some pretty extreme irregular heartbeat uh, issues, which I thought was a heart attack, which made me completely go cold turkey. And for the first few scenes after not taking Viagra, it was, you know, just a mental dependency on it. I mean, at a certain point, it, it probably didn't help me at all because I was, you know, in my 30s and I didn't physically need it. It's a mental thing, like a crutch. But it was hard to learn how to perform without uh, performance enhancing drugs. What some guys are doing now, they're actually not even taking a chance. Uh, so I, sh I should set the foundation. So back when I started, you were allowed to pretty much learn how to perform uh, over time. You could, you know, fail, stumble through it, maybe, you know, finish too soon, and people were forgiving. Nowadays, studios don't have the bucks to reshoot a scene. So if you fail, you're pretty much done. You're one and done. So new guys coming in are under a lot of pressure, and a lot of them are taking a drug called Caverject. Have you guys heard of Caverject before? No, I'm afraid not. How would you no guys? clue. 
Okay. So cavreject is an is an injection, which the first part caver, uh, it comes from cadavers, and you inject it into your penis. Oh. And it allows you to maintain, uh, obtain and maintain an erection for quadriplegics, paraplegics, so they could, you know, maintain sexual relations with uh, with their loved ones. Naturally, uh-huh. if there's something like that, people are going to abuse it, and it found its way into porn. Oh Jesus fucking Christ, dude! Oh man, yeah. talking about suffering for your art. Yeah, it, it's supposed to drain down naturally after after a while, and a while is kind of vague, but you know. An hour, 45 minutes, hour and a half, whatever, your body just absorbs it, which is long enough to make a perform in a sex scene. Uh, but there are some instances, like, you know, maybe maybe one in 10 times your body doesn't want to absorb it, and you have uh, an erection that will last until whenever. And there are instances where guys are rushed to the emergency room because it won't go down, and they have to have their penises lanced and drained. <laughs> uh, so, Yeah. <laughs> boy, that, boy, that's not a fun story at all. Um, God, no. that'd be crazy to be under so much pressure that you're actually putting stuff into your penis. I mean, that seems like a poor idea, no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, well, needles, penis, isn't no that point. Great, is it? Like, so what's what is the pay scale versus what you're paying for fucking a random drug to shoot into your dick? Uh, you mean as far as what male talent gets paid in the adult film industry? Is that what you're asking? Well, yeah, so both. So, like, what what they're actually making versus how much they're spending on a drug to inject themselves with that could lead them to the goddamn emergency room. Good question. So, I really don't have any idea how much Cabrajet costs. I've never actually uh, purchased it, so I don't know. But I would imagine, uh, from a cost-benefit standpoint, it's, you know, it's worth it. Otherwise, people wouldn't do it. Well, then again, I take that back. Some people are colossally and spectacularly stupid. Uh, but... <laughs> But uh, but I don't know. I mean, Viagra itself is pretty cheap. I can't imagine Cavreject is that much more expensive. Hmm. As far as pay, I mean, it really it really breaks down into tiers. Porn is broken down into a hierarchy, and you have different pay levels for depending on which tier you're in. Um, it starts out with the lowest level. Um, if you can if you can picture a pyramid with the greatest sum of people at the base of the pyramid. Um, and then the fewest amount of people at the top of the pyramid are the A-list people. So at the base of the pyramid, you have people who are your your mopes. They're the guys that you see doing like, I don't know, world record gangbangs and things like that or, or bukkakis, which if you don't know what that is, that's another story into itself. Um, <laughs> you know, these guys aren't necessarily the best looking guys. They're not in the best shape. They're not the most endowed guys. And it really doesn't matter if any one person as an individual gets is able to perform or, or get it up or anything because, you know, you're looking at the fact that there's sometimes 100 other guys around you, so it doesn't matter. So those guys, you know, sometimes they're, you know, they're there just to say they, they're there and they got the T-shirt, um, which is basically free, um, to maybe 50 bucks. And that's, that's the, you know, that's the foundation. And then you have another group of guys who are your uh, your working class guys, which is kind of misleading because there really is no middle class in porn. Uh, but these guys are, are basically your your has-beens, your, your hangers-on um, on one end of the spectrum who, you know, maybe they were like named guys who they're aging and they 
for whatever reason, they fell out of shape or they had too many bad scenes in a row. Hmm. Um, those guys, and you have guys that are loads, which pretty much they're there just as the name implies to, you know, maybe five on one gangbang or something. They're there to, you know, drop a load and go. Um, those guys, maybe, you know, maybe two, $300 a scene. And above that, you have uh, your go-to guys, which are pretty much, you know, guys you, if you need a scene done and you need to have someone to depend on, these are the guys you go to to perform reliably. Um, they work with, you know, your typical rank-and-file female talent. They don't work with your high-end girls because most of these high-end girls have no clue who these guys even are. Uh, but, yeah, they get the job done. They trust the carrier scene one-on-one. They're decent-looking. They get the job done, whatever. Um, and they get three to five hundred dollars a scene, hmm. and then it, it gets even smaller and smaller. And then you have like the A-list guys. I mean, these are the guys you see over and over and over again. Uh, so if if the base of the pyramid is like a New York City block uh, with all the mopes and it winnows down smaller and smaller, your your A-list guys are in one building and in an elevator of the building. You can fit all the top level guys in the elevator of the building. Oh my. And, you know, these are the guys that you see with the top girls. They're often on the box covers or the one-sheet advertisements. Uh, sometimes they have their, um, you know, their uh, their own product endorsements. Um, you know, they win AVN awards. You know, you see them on the red carpet, things like that. Um, and, you know, that's pretty much the apex. Pretty damn competitive, pretty hard to stay there. Uh, but, you know, that's pretty much what it comes down to. And guys, that's here between $600 to there's a few guys making $1,500 or more per scene. Um, these guys work all the time, you know, at this level. So you can work, you know, two, three scenes a day sometimes, you know, as many times as you want. Although I will say this, there's a big move to get all guys under all guys at the top level under contract uh, to just a small number of comp- companies like MindGeek or whatever they call themselves now. So it's it's actually harder and harder to find real quality talent if you don't happen to be under under the corporate umbrella of MindGeek, mm-hmm. which is a porn company. Oh wow! So they can you know, pretty much charge whatever you want. Ah, now uh, you said that the top guys can work uh, pretty much all they want. Is that still true in some of the lower levels, or like you know, like the your go-to guys, the ones you said are making three to five hundred? Are they working two or three scenes a day, or is it two or three scenes a week? Good question. I haven't, uh, I haven't been, haven't been at that phase in years. So when I was at that phase, I was working probably, I don't know, maybe two or three scenes a week. You know, enough to enough to make a living in Los Angeles, but you're definitely not going to get rich. You know, right, so right. thirty to thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year, which may sound like a lot in some areas, but in Los Angeles, not so much. You know. Yeah, I would imagine not. That's, you know, that's uh, about average for like around my area near Detroit. Actually, that's not true. In Detroit, it's either really, really poor or really, really rich in the suburbs. But I think that equals out to <laughs> about 50000 maybe. Uh, but yeah, you could live yeah. in some most of the areas around me fairly okay for, on 50000 a year. Uh, you're, from what I understand, at, uh, in L.A., that's practically a poverty level. Yeah, the... Uh... Median income level in Los Angeles and median is it's not the same as average, right? Um, it's a big difference. But the median income level in Los Angeles is like thirty four thousand, and I just can't imagine being able to pay. I don't know rents like what two thousand dollars a month for the average place. 
um, $34,000 before taxes and you have to pay, you know, $24,000 of that in rent. I don't know right. how people survive. It's, it's, it's pretty tough. Yeah. So God bless them. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's rough out there for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, let's see. I haven't been paying any attention to the chat box. So I don't know if they threw any more questions at you. Ryan, you got anything offhand you want to uh, ask them? Well, I think we have to cover, you know, the biggest OG question of all time. Is it P? <laughs> Squirting, right? Yes. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Yeah, it is 100%. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, it's, 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 it's pretty straightforward. It's a matter of human anatomy. There's no way to projectile squirt 12 feet away. It's, it's just not possible. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, these, you know, girls before squirting scenes, they chug, you know, liters of water ahead of time. And, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It's not, it's not to say that it's not possible to, you know, have some kind of squirting, I guess, but, you know, 12 feet across the room, you know, where guys to wear a raincoat to, to not get drenched. It's <laughs> Hollywood magic. I don't know how we have to have the conversation to know that. I mean, seriously, guys, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did notice one they were on the chat box uh, making fun of us because we hadn't asked about any of the women yet, uh, although they didn't bother to post, post any actual questions. Uh, so that makes it a little bit harder. I suppose I'm just going to ask you, hey, how about the women? Uh, what, what do you mean? Like the, exactly. Like, they're like, they haven't asked about any of the women yet. I'm like, I'm not sure what I should ask. <laughs> I, I assume they're, uh, these are all people that know the porno names. I, I'm not, I'm, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm more of a homemade porn sort of guy. So, so I don't know any of the like, big porn names or anything like that. Brian, do you well, that, know anything that's, about that, that? That's actually, that's actually a good point. I mean, look, you had an era where, you know, in the nineties up into the early two thousands, where it was like these big name stars. And whenever they made a, a, a porn film, it was like an event. Mm. Uh, kind of like when a movie star back when there was a such thing as movie stars in the mainstream film industry, um, you know, whenever they made a movie or something, it was an event. You go to see X movie star in a film or whatever. And porn is more dropped off to the point where it's, you know, it's the girl next door. It's the girl at Starbucks who, you know, is behind the counter that you see every day and you kind of fantasize what she's like or whatever. Um, I, I think that, I think that's where the trend is going. Yeah, have yeah, very, very few big name stars. Yeah, and I did notice that, uh, despite the fact that uh, everyone says that, like the homemade and amateur porn uh, is on the rise, when I go to Pornhub, it seems like all the favorited stuff that people are watching most is still pretty much produced stuff. You know, it, it's not homemade and amateur. It, a lot of it's made to look like that on the surface a little bit, but it seems like the the porn industry, as far as like making actual porns, is still going pretty strong. I just not sure how they make money at it so much anymore because I, I would assume that most of the uh, pay porn sites don't have a ton of uh, people uh, paying for them. Jay, are you trying to tell me that there's not a big epidemic out there of mothers fucking their sons? <laughs> and brothers fucking their stepsisters? I mean, you would Mind think that blown. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, do you know, do you know anything about that side of the business? Uh, like, you know, how they're making their money nowadays? Yeah, I mean, there are fewer and fewer studios. Uh, the industry went through a mass consolidation. Probably 60% of the industry is owned by uh, Manwin, which changed their name to MindGeek. Mm. Uh, very, very, very few studios have contract stars anymore. I think that I might be mistaken, but I think Wicked and possibly Adam and Eve are the only two studios left that have contract stars uh, as far as female talent. 
and the male talent are under contract to, you know, mind geek slash man win or whatever, uh, the upper echelon guys, uh, because they're the scarcest commodity, which ironically they get paid the littlest or least or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's almost impossible to maintain a business when you're losing a significant part of your revenue for people and from people stealing your work. It doesn't yeah. matter what widget your business is. I mean, it's just a simple fact. And you're not going to have government intervention because, um, you know, when, you're, when your enemy's destroying himself, get out of the way. Ultimately, we've, we've been fighting government censorship for years. So there's not going to be government intervention like you have in, the, say, the recording industry, like with, uh, you know, with, with music. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the budgets are much smaller. Instead of, I mean, I was on set of one film. I, I was a lead in one film called The Eight Day with uh, Kate and Cross, the Adam Eve, their Adam Eve contract star. And that film was like a half million dollars, which by porn standards is huge. And nowadays you're looking at budgets that are $15,000, sometimes as few as $8,000. And one reason I'm not directing porn is simply because of the fact that I had, it's just impossible to really put together a good cast for that budget. When your location fees are a thousand dollars a day, between camera lighting guys, you have to pay a thousand dollars a day, probably actually fifteen hundred dollars a day, and uh, you know your talent girls on average get between eight hundred to a thousand bucks per scene. Male talent, let's just say you go with a rank and file guy for five hundred bucks, um, you know you're you're looking at right there four thousand dollars a day. So you have to really cram everything down to two days, and it's just it's really tough. Yeah. You know? Wow. Wow, that's uh, and the margins just aren't there. The profit margins are just shitty. Yeah, I can imagine. So, I mean, so what what happens with uh, like the finished product of a movie nowadays? Uh, I, I'm curious as to where it goes after that. Okay, so you finish your product, and then then what happens to it? Does like a website buy it or? No, you you own your own websites. If you're a studio, you own your own website. So it's it's uh, it's 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 vertically integrated mm, okay. uh, from production all the way up to distribution. It's not like the old days where there was a bottleneck between the production company and the actual retail stores because, you know, porn retail stores are pretty much a thing of the past. There were a few uh, distribution companies like IVD or whatever where, you know, your, your product was bottlenecked and they had a lot of power. No, those days are long gone. Uh, nowadays, people just download content off the Internet and they go a step further and download it not only directly from your site, but they'll get it pirated off of like, you know, Pornhub or whatever for free, right, um, right? So that that's the problem. And it doesn't uh, Pornhub have to obey like licensing laws? I mean, you wouldn't think that they'd be able to put stuff on there that's you know owned by somebody else and get away with it. The DMCA it, and stuff like that. You think it's a uh, it's a den of thieves? It is uh, pretty much a den of thieves, and uh, it's it's like playing a game of whack a mole. You know, you solve one issue with one person and then there's 30, 30 other ones over here. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. What, I guess what the what, model's you know, going. Oh, okay, sir. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, as I was going to say was, I guess that uh, it would be kind of hard to do because if Pornhub is like uh, many of the other things, uh, downloads are automatic. Like you can, uh, or uploads are. So, you know, you can just upload shit to it and, and they don't have like a team that goes over every upload and watches it to make sure it's not copyrighted shit. Not oh, Jesus, no. Um, I think I think the biggest the biggest uh, trend that I've seen is 
talent are taking control of their own futures and their own destinies. So there, you have fewer and fewer talent who are shooting for studios and they are putting up their own OnlyFans sites and things like that. And they're making money directly from their fans. So instead of having to work for a production company or, or get paid a one-off because there's no residuals in porn, right. get paid a oh, one-off yeah. fee or whatever uh, to sell your image of likeliness to a studio who pretty much pretty much doesn't do anything beyond, you know, supplying the location and, and marketing. You can do that all. You can do all yourself with an iPhone. You can shoot your own porn with an iPhone POV style, chop it up into clips, sell it on OnlyFans and, uh, you know, make money off of one scene or, or one piece of content pretty much forever. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. there are girls that are making, you know, well into the six figures. Uh, from their from their OnlyFans, uh, oh, male yeah. talent Jack as well. I told you we need an OnlyFans. Get on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd qualify for that sort of thing. No one wants to see my shit. <laughs> uh, Bella Thorne, the uh, you know Bella Thorne threw up an OnlyFans, and she you know she made a few million dollars off her OnlyFans, and she only shows like bikini pictures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, she was pretty well known uh, from being one of those Disney kids or something. I think wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've seen pictures of her. She she looks like she doesn't bathe that often. <laughs> <laughs> Some people um, are into that. Oh well, there you go. You're right. There's a genre for fucking everything. What was your favorite genre? That, like, do you like doing? Is you know, uh, is there like any of the specialty weird stuff that you were into, or did you just prefer just to do regular porn? Good question. So I'm more of a I'm more of a meat and potatoes kind of guy. I'm not into like double penetration or any kind of extreme stuff. It just doesn't turn me on. Um, right. And life is too short to, you know, do things that, uh, you know, don't interest you. You can always make more money, but you can't get time back. Time is right. the one commodity that whether you're, whether you're Donald Trump or a guy selling oranges under a freeway, you know, time is the only thing that, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. I mean, you can leverage other people's time with money by hiring them, obviously, but you know, I, I choose not to waste a second of my life doing things I don't enjoy. I mean, I've done things I don't enjoy in the past in porn and out of porn, but, you know, not anymore. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, just meat and potato stuff, you know, just, you know, guy and a girl that happen to be involved. Uh, maybe they're playing husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever, you know, and they, um, you know, happiness ensues, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You have two attractive people, you know, into each other. It's It's all... That's all the uh, all the story I need, you know. Two attractive people who are actually into each other, you know. Yeah, that's one thing I didn't like about uh, a lot of the. You know, it's not just Pornhub; it's on every single uh, site. It's all this weird. It's I don't know where it came from. All this weird family stuff, and like in the last two or three, maybe four years, it's been pushed to the front page of pretty much every porn site out there, and it's all fake stuff. It's you know. Uh, Oh, it's my, I found my stepbrother really attractive or, oh, my, my stepsister decided she was going to suck my dick for no reason. Just, you know, and it, it, the, from the production values, you can tell it's obviously not real, but there's so much of it. It's so like front page now. It, did you notice there's a big fucking upswing for this sort of thing? Uh, I've done quite a few of them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I've, I've done quite a few, uh, quite a few productions like that. And it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a fantasy, right? I mean, any, any, any form of uh, filmed entertainment, you're, you're pretty much selling a fantasy. 
Right. And I, I don't judge. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I don't judge or look down upon it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, serving a market that exists. Right, right. Well, it also that, just kind of goes to the desensitization that you're talking about, right? Like we've all become pretty desensitized to everything sexual related, being that we're all connected all the time. So at some point you have to go deeper and deeper down that well to be able to get off. Like you talk about just having normal sex, how you become, you know, numb to that. You got a lot of people out here watching porn fucking six hours a day that become norm to, numb to everything normal. So I think it's probably only natural that some of this weird shit is the things that, you know, you see the most anymore. Yeah. So when I, when I started out, it were actually the era of features where you had like actual movie cameras, like the big over the shoulder Betamax cameras and stuff. And uh, there was a storyline and it was a movie with sex sprinkled into it, uh, which is the first, you know, thing that I failed. And then it became more Gonzo style, you know, pretty much as shoot it as it happens, you know, uh, kind of thing with no storyline or no plot or whatever. And then it became more, you know, different fetishes and different things that became more extreme. So like by the time, by the time the mid 2000s happened, it was the most extreme sex action you can imagine. Things like airtight, where there is a penis literally in every single orifice. You know, one of the ass, one of the vagina, one of the mouth. And if, if you could fit, you put two and you know, two in the ass and two in the vagina, one in the mouth and everything. Uh, just triple cream pies where like three guys in a row would were finishing a girl and just pushing pushing the boundaries of what is the most extreme. And you look at the girls who won uh, you know, who won best best actress at the time, those were those are at that era the girls who were doing the most extreme stuff. Then the pendulum kind of swing, swinged back the other way where it was, you know, higher production value, uh, less extreme, more classically attractive girls and everything in the, in the early double lots, early, sorry, the late double lots, the uh, early teens. And now it's the girl next door because, you know, it's a function of studios not necessarily shooting big budget features anymore because they're just not profitable. So now they're trying to, you know, replicate the you know homemade stuff the homemade content um so that's that's where the pendulum is swinging now well there you go sorry i had actually stepped away from mike for a second i had to alert my wife of a sick dog <laughs> that's the fun of doing a show from home you have all kinds of interruptions interruptions like that um now i apologize if if you didn't want to uh talk about this but i've seen a guy post it three or four times when when we were saying that uh um, we were asking you questions and apparently he, he wanted us want to ask really bad. So I will, uh, what will it take to get you back to work, uh, on the co uh, on the whole COVID front? Nothing. There's no sum of money that you can possibly pay me to risk my personal health and well being, nor the health and well being of the people I love. Okay. Um, um, or to be near ir- irresponsible enough to go about the community after it's there's there's no sum of money. Right. Okay. Let me ask, let me ask that in a, in a different way. When will it be? When will you feel okay to go back to work? Like uh, uh, when yeah. there is when there is uh, effective when there is effective treatment and a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before see, see, I, before I, that, I, no way. Yeah, that was, that didn't seem like an unreasonable. I don't know why the guy was getting so worked up about it. I go, well, did you ask him the, the right way? <laughs> uh, <especially laughs> that might have been what all he was looking for. So yeah, which which is reasonable. You're uh, as we mentioned before, the entire COVID thing is a scary thing. Uh, I wear a face mask for like 
10 to 12 hours a day because of my job because uh, i'm surrounded by normally surrounded by old people which uh, which is how the rich people are for the most part old uh so it's a really 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 uh big deal for me to get sick or any of the employees to get sick because you can we can kill a motherfucker i mean <laughs> i mean we have younger members too but a lot of our members are like fucking pushing 70 80 or 90 years old and i would never forgive myself if i went in there and got a member sick and he actually died yeah, man, I had a I had some some schmuck on uh, the other ground forum ask, well, you're you're okay with having sex with people and risking an STD, but COVID nineteen is where you draw the line, and you know I you know very very politely debunked his, his logic as 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 a, as a false equivalency. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can get an STD, and there are a couple STDs that can kill you. However, and this is a big however. Every single STD known to man has a, it, at least, at minimum, an effective treatment or therapeutic, if not a cure for the most dangerous one, which is HIV. Um, there is absolutely none uh, of either for COVID-19. There is no therapeutic proven to work, and there is no cure. And unlike HIV, which you can live decades uh, under treatment, COVID-19, it can kill you before the milk in your refrigerator gets stale. So it's it's a false equivalency that's so ridiculous it's not even worth thinking about. Well, of course not. Uh, and beyond that, mm-hmm. just speaking about that, right? It's like also if you got an STD, it's not like you get on a bus afterwards and you can give everybody on the bus that STD. Well, unless Correct. it's a really good party bus, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is the bang bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you Fair know point. that's no, and that's completely right. I mean, uh, they're the uh, they fail to point out that. Uh, COVID is way more contagious than any of those uh, STDs, you know. So, uh, and not just not just like you said, airborne stuff, but like in close. Like a lot of those STDs are, are kind of hard to catch, especially from a male getting it from a woman during normal in- intercourse. I mean, look, I'll I'll be completely candid and just offer a little bit of insight here. So, out of eighteen or nineteen years in porn, some years I've obviously been much more active than others. Uh, but let's just say that I've had. 1,500 to 2,000 at-bats, so to speak. I've gotten an STD three times, exactly three times, out of thousands of of at-bats because we test extremely vigorously and we get our results back the next day. So the results are actually useful. Uh, Compare that to COVID-19 where most people have not gotten tested. Those who do get tested, the results oftentimes come back so, so late days where it's actually useless in preventing community spread. And, uh, you know, it's, it's completely different. And I know personally of three people who are related to me who've died of COVID-19 or were related, they're dead, uh, who COVID-19 killed. And one person personally who died who was not related to me, whereas in my nearly two decades in porn, I don't even know anyone who even knows anyone who died of a venereal disease in porn. So it's not even the same ballpark. Right. No, that, that makes sense. Uh, well, boy, that got a little depressing for a second talking about people dying and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sign the um, times, baby. Yeah. No kidding, man. Well, we got you about 10 minutes left. Uh, anybody on the chat box, anything they're throwing at us that I missed for questions? Uh, let's see. Dalton, you got anything you want to cover? Yeah, not seeing much in the chat, but uh, yeah, let's let's uh, end this on a little bit of a lighter note. 
Um, any good stories you have as far as maybe, uh, you know, taking a scene and just having to, you know, nope the fuck out of there midway? <laughs> I mean, you have you have situations where, and this isn't going to be uplifting or funny or haha. It's actually <laughs> still pretty sad. That's the bad uh, thing. But there, well, yeah, I mean, there there's situations that happen on occasion where you, I can tell that the female talent just doesn't want to be there for whatever reason, and I always try to check in with people throughout the scene to make sure that. You know, they're okay because consent isn't just a one-time thing that you say in the beginning and then that's it. Um, it you, can, you, can end, you can end it at any given moment for any different time, for any, any particular reason. So I check in with people all the time just to make sure they're, have, you know, they're, you know, they're okay with being there. And if they're not, I stop. Um, so that's one thing. If I see that someone is blatantly disrespectful or mean to the cast or the crew, like my coworkers, I'll... I'll call him out on it because, you know, I don't tolerate it. And it just doesn't create an environment that's conducive to everyone doing their best work. Um, if someone is, you know, blatantly racist and or homophobic, same thing. Uh, someone doesn't take care of her hygiene, I'm out of there. Someone has, uh, you know, blatant sores from an STD. I don't even start. You know, that's like a deal killer right there. Um, yeah, it's... All right. Oh, wow. Well, I did see someone in the chat box ask if you have any good porn bloopers. Uh, you mean like something I might have uh, done by accident or, or, or a mistake or whatever? Yeah, yeah. He said, well, he called it porn scene bloopers. So I, I imagine he's just asking anything funny that went, went wrong or shit like that, I imagine. You've had that did so many of them. There has to be at least a couple times where things didn't go as planned. Yeah, in the beginning of my career, there was uh, there was an awesome girl by the name of uh, Lauren Phoenix who was, you know, she won Performer of the Year like four or five times in a row. And uh, there was an incident where I pretty much got punked. I I I, uh, I I I finished way 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 too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I, you can't hide it; it's on camera. And I had to fess up, basically. I lied about it at first, and then I had to fess up over it, you know. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> funny at the time, but in retrospect, it, it's going to happen. It's biology, you know. Right, right. Let's see. Looking at some of the uh, other questions on here. God, I do have any fart stories? I don't even know how that's a question. Oh, someone else asked, how often is the girl gross? Because you said you wouldn't put up with that. Does that happen often? Uh, there are, there, there was a situation where there was an anal scene where the female talent, okay. So before, before anal scenes, the female talent is supposed to, uh, fast four days. She's supposed to abstain from eating, uh, clear out her digestive tract and take enemas basically to get rid of any residual, any residual, uh, stuff that might be lurking in her digestive system. Uh, some female talent are better at following those rules than others. Mm. Uh, some of them drink coffee and, uh, you know, eat. And I've had one situation where female talent, uh, you know, her, her, her digestive system kicked in a high gear and she sprayed everyone on set out of her ass, like, uh, like a water cannon. And it was, oh, it was no. Yeah. oh no, that was goddamn pretty horrible. Did they get it, it on was. camera anyways? <laughs> 
Yeah, it was, I mean, it was cap. It was captured on film, but but uh, it's you know you cut around that obviously. You know, you that, that's a completely different film. You probably you probably uh, could have probably sold that one too. <laughs> yeah, that would be a different category on on porn altogether. Oh man! That uh, is- but that 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 definitely has happened, unfortunately. Uh, to me. Right now, uh, someone asked if you uh, attend any of the adult cons. Yeah, I'm not really I'm not really into the conventions or award shows and stuff like that. I mean, every year I get nominated for something. I just I just never go. I really don't care. Um, right it's 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 not it's not an objective measurement of how good you are winning an award at a porn convention award show or anything like that. It's it's um it's not an objective measurement of, of skill like say, I don't know, like the Olympics. You run you get a gold medal because you're able to run fast. You can measure who's the best by who runs from point A to point B the fastest. It's not the same in the adult film industry. It's, it's highly subjective. And, no, you know, I've won no, some, no. I've lost some. I just, I just don't care. You know? Well, now I've got a great idea for like a sex Olympics. <laughs> you really, you really, really can win. It's, it's a com- competition. Uh, yeah. Like a shit. relay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not running anchor. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh, shit. Well, I had one more question now for the life of me. I can't remember what the fuck it was. Uh, I I should back up. So, so I, I have, I have obviously gone to conventions in the past, like, uh, like autograph signings for like wicked or, or playgirl and things like that, or Adam and Eve, but you know, that's, that's far and few in between. I haven't done, I haven't done one in like years and years. So. Right on. Now, Sly said he had a question for me. I'm trying to roll up to see it, but I can't. I'm missing it here. So, uh, uh, the, he, oh, here it is. I'd like to talk him to talk about scene in Mineshaft. Plus, I clicked it up again. God damn it. Uh, oh. da, 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 da. No, I can't. I lost it. Oh, well. <laughs> so, Mine someone asked. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I assume that was a movie you're in. Uh, Mineshaft, Mineshaft. Do you, do you remember the name of all the movies you were in? I can't. I can't imagine that you do at this point. No, as a matter of fact, I don't even know the names of the films until they're after they come out. You right. sign your release form to uh, as a yet to be named project or whatever, and uh, that's decided or determined. Oftentimes, sometimes it's determined and, and predetermined, whatever. If like it's a scripted thing or whatever, uh, but oftentimes it's if it's just a series of sex scenes or a compilation, you really have mm-hmm. no idea what it is, what's going to be called until after the fact. Right so. on. And I don't oh, watch shit. my own product anyway, so I, I, yeah. I couldn't tell well, you. That I know. I, I Same thing. I can't listen to myself through the show. I, well, I, once I'm done, it's past. I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't, uh, I, as far as I'm concerned, I sound horrible. Everyone has that problem, though. So but before imagine, we... imagine, imagine the feeling of listening to yourself on recording the first time and the sound of your own voice, and I walk where that is. Yeah. Multiply that by, by a billion, and that's what it's like to watch yourself fuck on camera. <laughs> oh, dude, I can only imagine. Holy shit. Now, we're running out of time here, but I wanted you to plug your shit before we get out of here. Uh, from what I understand, you've written one book, and you're almost done with the second one? Uh, yeah, so I have a book called Burn My Shadow. It's uh, wherever good books are sold, if, if in fact, bookstores are open. Um, like Barnes & Noble, your local independent brick-and-mortar bookstores, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever. Uh, I have a novel, actually, I finished and I sold to a publisher. And oh, that's going to be published this fall, probably in October. And it's called Deer Shoots Man. Okay. And <laughs> here's the funny thing. So I wrote this, keep in mind, I wrote this book starting a decade ago. I've been working on this book for a decade. 
and it follows the life of a young black mixed martial arts guy 40 years into a post-apocalyptic future in the middle of a global pandemic with social upheaval, race riots, and the government uh, voting no confidence on the president and the government being ruled by a military junta. And the protagonist has to loot the cure for the global pandemic in a high-rise controlled by by uh, a murderous AI. So okay. I wrote this decades ago before any of the things that we're living through right now came to pass, which is pretty funny. Or a decade ago, rather. I, I don't so know if I that. call it funny, but because that, that's well, kind of, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty weird. Uh, uh, um, yeah. so, so you said it's all done and it's already been bought and a publisher. So what, when exactly is yeah, it coming out again? Uh, late September, early early October, something like that. I don't have an exact date. Uh, right. But well, yeah, it's, it's being it's, it's it's being published, uh, you know, on ebook and physical book as well. So excellent. Now, uh, when you have it, uh, when you have it uh, put out, you, you need to come back on. We'll talk about it some more. Sweet, love to. Excellent. And uh, if anyone gets bored, they can find me on uh, on Twitch. I stream on Twitch, Tyler Night Gaming, and uh, haven't been streaming lately because I've been feeling under the weather. But you know. Good place to hang out, chat, ask your questions. Kind of an AMA while I, while I uh, run around the battlegrounds and shoot people. Yeah. Cool, right on. All right, well, it looks like that's going to be about a show for us. Uh, I want to thank Tyler Knight for coming on and ask, answering all of our questions. Uh, I want to thank the OG Army for showing up. We, we couldn't do it without you guys. And also want to thank my uh, co-host, Big Dalton. Dalton, you got anything? Yeah, so just a couple things. Uh, obviously, big thanks to Tyler Knight for joining us here this evening. Everybody follow him on Twitter at Artifice underscore Rex. On Twitch, twitch.tv slash Tyler Knight Gaming. And a special thanks for him putting up with us and knowing that he only has the third largest hog on the show. But other than that, <laughs> have a great evening. Thanks, gentlemen. All right. Everyone, you guys have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow at 6. Bye-bye. Screw you, hippie!